My brothers and sisters, I speak to you this day in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Today we are continuing our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer with the second petition, Thy Kingdom Come. And for a three-word petition, there's a lot to cover. And uh, I won't get to it all this morning, so you're just going to have to join us on Tuesday at 6 o'clock to continue the conversation. The Lord's Prayer is so named both because of the one who gave us the prayer and because it is our Lord Jesus Christ, as author and theologian Wesley Hill says, about whom each petition points toward, even though never directly naming him. Jesus is the fulfillment of each petition. In the Bible, the kingdom of God is talked about a lot, and particularly in the Gospels. We hear Jesus and others like John the Baptist saying, the kingdom of God is at hand, and the kingdom of God is like. Jesus says one time, a woman who mixed yeast in with the flour until it worked all through the dough. And another time, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of seeds, but yet grows into the largest of garden plants and actually becomes a tree. Another time, Jesus says to his followers, the kingdom of God is in them. As we talk about the kingdom today, it will be helpful to know that in our contemporary language, kingdom primarily speaks of a place, a physical place. A king's kingdom is the land over which the king rules. But the word most often translated for us into English from the original language is better translated as rule or reign or kingship. So not a particular place, but an action. When Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom has come near, he's saying that God is asserting his rule in the world through Jesus Christ, and that the kingdom is actually visible in and through Jesus's ministry. This is long awaited by the Jewish people, and yet when the kingdom of God arrives in this way, it is not what they had in mind. We know from history that when a new ruler comes to power, often it's through violence and there's fear Dictators trample on others and demand their authority. Evil lords care little for the people they seek to rule, and they forcefully take their power by killing and pillaging. They rule by fear. Jesus did neither of these. Jesus assumed his throne on the cross, the very means of his death. And the assurance of his rule is evidenced by his resurrection from the dead. One need only to try and stage the same for themselves to realize this is God's doing. This is impossible given the confines of this world. This is the inauguration of God's kingdom on earth. There on the cross and through his resurrection, Jesus defeated all other rulers and powers in this world, namely death, hell, sin, and the grave. And it wasn't with swords or armies, so many missed it. This wasn't their expectation. Regardless, Jesus opens the way for all humanity to be in right relationship again with God. And thus we follow Jesus into baptism and are born again. 
And as followers of Jesus Christ, both those who lived then and we who live now, we are instructed by Jesus to pray continually, thy kingdom come. Not because it hasn't already come, because it has through Jesus' death and resurrection, but because we don't see it yet in its fullness. We will one day when Jesus comes again, but we don't yet. As a sign of God's kingdom being made visible, Jesus said to his followers in Luke eleven twenty, but if it is by the finger of God that I cast out the demons, then the kingdom of God has come near to you. So friends, when we see freedom from oppression, when we see healing and restoration from what sin and death have disfigured, there we see God's kingship on display. That's both the nature of God and God's kingdom. That's how God rules. We want that more and more in our world. Thus Jesus teaches us to pray. And each time we pray, thy kingdom come, we're asking that God our Father in heaven would heal and restore and renew, refresh and revive. When we pray those words, we're asking that God's rule would assert itself ever more concretely in the places where evil still seems to reign, that his rule would be more tangible and visible in our world. In Jesus, God's rule has been established, and yet it's not easily identifiable for us at times. We say that God's kingdom is already, but not yet. It is already a done deal because of Jesus' finished work on the cross and the reality of his resurrection from the dead and it is not yet because the ill effects of sin and death are still seen. Suffering is still among us. Injustice is still real. Hate still divides and oppression still weighs heavily on many. So in this time, in between times, we continue to pray, thy kingdom come, and we continue to live out of the truth and the reality that Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, God's conquest of this rebellious world was achieved. In this time between times, as we wait for the fulfillment, what then ought we to do? My brothers and sisters, we ought to live out our baptism, the very means by which we've been brought out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into God's kingdom of light. So let us continue in the apostles' teaching, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers. Let us continue to persevere and resist evil. And whenever we do fall into sin, let us continue to return to the Lord. Let us continue proclaiming by word and example the good news of God in Christ Jesus. To continue seeking and serving Christ in all persons loving our neighbor as ourselves. Let us continue to strive for justice and peace among all peoples and respect the dignity of every human being. And friends, let us continue striving to safeguard the integrity of God's beautiful creation. Thy kingdom come is a prayer to let us see in the present more and more signs that the war that God has won against the powers that corrupt and enslave this world is nearing its consummation. Thanks be to God. Amen.